Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Tech War, episodes one and two. Should I go two for two? All right, Jordan. So this is the first podcast of Continuum Drag. So uh, before we get into tech war, do you want to just like quickly lay out what what this is exactly? Um, yeah. So the basic idea is is a bunch of different you know science fiction or fantasy or horror or anything like that. Basically, shows that uh, didn't quite make it for whatever reason, um, but were weird and unique in their own way. And we'll kind of go through them and see if they were uh, maybe unjustly unjustly uh, discarded or if uh or if they're really as bad as uh as they somewhat seem at the first appearance like tech war like like tech war like tech I war mean, which which looks bad and and is bad i think i think the rule for the show is going to be uh anything like stargate and below stargate, stargate stargate's the high point stargate is like the baseline like it had what three spinoffs? That's 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 enough. That's like a big enough fan base. Anything like lower than that? I think Wh- one I think season. Once it, I think once it justifies some sort of erotic fiction, it's it's probably more successful than most of the things that we'll be we'll be watching. Well, you never know. There might be some erotic fiction. And yeah, I think those are the only rules so far. So you want to get into it? Want to start going into this show? Sure. Let's uh, let's talk tech wars okay so i don't know what you're i mean we had talked about this before about uh you know which shows to do and we kind of talked about tech war and i think probably you know more than i did and i went in pretty blind on this um i can tell you my the thoughts i i had going in and uh, all i really knew about it um and my only memory of tech war was seeing books in a bookstore that you know clearly had William Shatner's face on them, which immediately was I remember funny at that time to me, being you know an early teen and just wanting to make fun of everything, and uh, there was just a real sad sense of desperation when I saw these books of like you know cashing in on what fever fame he had, and it's like oh he's an author now, he's writing these tech war books, um, so that's honestly as far as I and I think there's a vague idea that there was um, I think there's a video game maybe and maybe something else but all i knew was there was a tv show and a series of books and really they were made just on the basis of people knowing that william shatner was captain kirk at some point in his life but um but other than that my only memory is the show may or may not have funny suit jackets that that's all i know that that was it going in so i don't know but you knew a little more right i don't know about a lot more than that uh I probably saw an episode at some point. I feel like it was just like on TV on Sunday afternoons when I was 12 years old. Um, but I have no real memory of it. Like the the things I know for sure going into a tech war was William Shatner. I thought it was about some sort of VR that was also a drug. See, I thought it was, um, I actually thought it was some sort of weird militaristic uh, 
like science fiction, not, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't even sure if it was set in the future, just for maybe like an alternate reality. Um, no, no, definitely uh, some sort of future drug. That's yeah. what it's, it's the war on drugs in the future. All right, so do you know when it came out? Season uh, one of Tech War. I think it was 94, right? Yeah, uh, it ran 94, December 94 in Canada, January 95 in the U.S., to February 96. Wait, we Canada had it a year before the States? We got it two days before Christmas. It was our Christmas <laughs> it was a Christmas present, present right? Uh, exactly. Um, and it, so we had it just before then, but it kind of ran for that one year, only that one season, but there were like four TV movies before the first season, which makes sense having watched the first two episodes because there's a lot of backstory that is not explained. I mean, yeah, we can get more into that, but I guess I hadn't even realized there's... There's very, very little world building or um, explanation of what is happening or why it is happening. Um, and it's just sort of like, you guys will get it, but there's, it's just sort of evocative of nothing. Um, have you ever seen any of those TV movies? No. Anyway, I did a little bit of looking into it since I wanted to kind of situate us as to like what was going on in 1995 while Tech Wars was on TV. And it was a pretty bad year. I could tell you what was happening. I I'll, first thing I know it's on your list. Nineteen ninety five. I could tell you it was OJ Simpson. That's got to be that was all ninety five. Hundred percent October. Yeah. OJ Simpson was found guilty. Yeah, I I actually specifically remember them announcing it, um, announcing the verdict uh, over the PA system at school. How weird is that? It was such a big story that at school. They nope. announced that he was he was innocent. Someone walked into our science class and like announced it, and then the teacher couldn't take it and had to leave the room. And I, she was so upset. He was. I don't know. He oh, just. He was I upset. don't know what his problem. I wasn't following along. I was a child, and I was like, hmm, people really. Uh, something's going on with this OJ thing. I don't know what it was. Uh, but yeah, OJ was found not guilty. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a bad year. Unabomber manifesto was published. There was both the Tokyo subway gas attacks and the Oklahoma City bombing that year. Right. Oh, and um, Quebec failed to get independence that year. Yeah, they lost with 49%. That was all that year. Uh, and Toy Story, the first computer animated film came out that, that year. Hmm. So uh, think about the fact that Toy Story came out the same year that the effects in this movie or this TV show right. were being like put together. I mean, we can talk about that after, but uh, that is something that jumps out right away, is, is the special effects uh, on this show look like they're at least five or six years old by the time it's airing. Um, anyways, it looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so I guess think about those are the events going on with tech were going on. Uh, I don't think they really acknowledge anything that's happening in the world around them while they're making the show. But uh, it's funny to think that this is what they were thinking about doing. The future was going to be like, well, like it was a really bad year for humanity. Right. All right. Great. Great year for OJ Simpson, though. Good. Yeah. Very good year for him. All right. You want to get into episode one? Sellout. What yeah. what is the first episode about? Tell me what you think the first episode is about. The plot is is Marty Dollar or whatever that guy's is it Marty Dollar? Marty Dollar, yeah. Marty right. Dollar is maybe a philanthropist or may also be um I don't know, uh, just a, like a used car salesman type person and he may or may not be creating uh, a tech drug. That's yeah. the basic. Plot, I, that, right? I mean, yeah. Basically, a prostitute is killed. Is she a prostitute? She doesn't seem to touch him at all. Like she just uses technology. It's the future. You don't need. You to. don't need to touch anyone. But not before she can get a message to the show's hero. Did you catch his name? You know what's funny? Two episodes in, I have no idea what his name is. His name is Jake Cardigan. Oh, Cardigan. That's right. Jake Cardigan's funny. Cardigan. It's Jake a great, Cardigan, great yeah. name. 
Doesn't wear a cardigan, though. No, he wears oversized leather jacket that looks terrible on him. <laughs> she t- calls Cardigan, leaves him a message, and says, I've got some important information for you. Even though he's apparently he's not a cop anymore. He was a cop. It's hard to say. At, yeah. at some point, it comes up that he was a cop, but he also is on parole and was in a freezer at some point. There's a I, lot of I like, didn't catch any of that. I'll be honest. Out. I probably glazed over. I glazed over really quick. Maybe 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, I wasn't paying attention. Well, him and his partner, Sid, end up going to the prostitute's house trying to find out what happened to her. It's, it's Sid's his partner, right? Sid is his partner. Right. They show up, and they, apparently Sid's character is all about technology because he's got his oh, pod with him. That's the best. That's I think the best thing of the two episodes is his smell technology, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, the best thing. His portable olfactory device. That's that's what they call it. Yeah, I think I think that's the best technology they have, which is is it doesn't seem like it would have been worth to make, but even for for solving crimes. Like, the smell is not. It's, it's the least of the senses, I think, that is important, but... I mean, I, even in the episode, they don't seem to do much with it. But I think it's just to give that guy something to do, you know? Yeah. Give him some lines. So they get the case. They're going to find out what happened to this woman they used to know. We, cu- we cut back to Jake's apartment where this is very unclear to me. He refers to that woman both as his wife and his girlfriend at oh, varying really? times in the show. I couldn't quite sort out who she was, um, but... It, Either his wife or his girlfriend has come home from work and is watching a home shopping channel, yeah. which is also apparently the most popular television show on TV with uh, the villain, Marty Dollar. It kind of reminded me uh, um, uh, of a Robocop knockoff of uh, the guy who says I'd buy that for a dollar. Every time he was doing it, I was like, oh, come on. This is not as good as a Robocop. Um, also, he he also wore terrible clothes. He actually reminded me, the note I wrote was he looks like a, a wrestler from the early 90s. Like a villain wrestler, you know. He's got he's got kind of the mullet. mullet. He's kind of a little squat, and he he looks like he he just would be you know like, I love taxes or something like that, just to get the audience to boo him. You know. That actor was great though. He was like he was probably one of the better things in the show. His whole home shopping network is really actually kind of more of a precursor to Amazon. Like I think he as a villain is basically the creator of Amazon, because. She's trying on clothes with like an AR interface. They're like projecting onto yeah. her body. She's just mail ordering them in. She's just buying them with credit. It, uh, it has all kind of got that home shopping channel, but really more of an Amazon vibe. Like you could just buy anything you want. So like so far, the villain is basically the creator of Amazon. Not only are they shopping basically on Amazon, he's selling his super music machine, which is just an Apple Watch with music on it. Yeah. And later on, and it's a spoiler for the second episode, they also have a thing, um, what do they call it? Wrist fits, which was just a Fitbit. Yeah. The, the, the technology say, in this is very good. Even yeah. even in that scene where she's at her house, someone calls and their like video phones just look like an iPad. Like they've got the camera on the top and they're just sort of mounted iPads. So that that's a that's a one uh, one in the wind column for Tech War is the the realism of the technology that they have. I think Tech War's technology is remarkably on point for what actually is happening. So what how it turns out is Marty Dollar is trying to get Cardigan's wife's attention because he wants to give her a job. Like he she orders a dress. It also doesn't make any sense. No. It's the longest way to go around to 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 um unfurl his plan he gives her a dress that he knows she's going to want to get so that he can come over and personally deliver to her and then when he's there he's like by the way you want a job because you apparently are a genius 
that I need. That's the whole that's the whole plot. He he hires her immediately to come to his to come to his I don't know what like he runs a home shopping network, but he also is a scientist with a laboratory in it and he needs her to help him fight tech. Yeah, he said he wants to eradicate tech addiction, which the weird thing about that is they haven't they haven't at least to this point um from what i remember never really mentioned what that is or what it looks like unless the beginning is what what that was the guy who is may or may not be in a brothel um was that was that what being... what do you think tech was based on what you saw well i i guess it was just the sticking that weird visor thing on that seemed to be what i what i thought it was i didn't see like any like people laying in an alley with you know ones and zeros on their arm or something no, I think you're right. It's it's just virtual reality that people are watching. But as we see, when he asks her to create the substance that people are addicted to in tech, there's a chemical formula that people somehow absorb from the virtual reality. Yeah, oh, I didn't get any of that. <laughs> that's 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 either that I was bored and didn't pay attention, or it just wasn't that clear. It's one or the other, maybe a little bit of both. Well, that's exactly why she's brought in because he wants her to distill down. Um, what is it called? Diphtherian. It's some sort of chemical that somehow gets dispersed via the VR that causes people to overdose on tech. Right. So they are addicted to virtual reality. That's like that's what's not clear is how this chemical transitions between these two things. Like I just can't. I couldn't work it out. In well, my I mean, head. that's not the biggest. But there's so many things they drop in. Like uh, it's sort of an example of a lot of decisions made without. I think any thought behind it and it's, it's the same thing like you're talking about this the whole thing of addiction it's like yeah they get addiction to technology how i don't know reasons because there's a chemical that's why let's move on let's get back to this fast-paced action you know so so that's i think one thing that kind of starts ringing through it at least in the first two episodes that um i don't think a lot of decisions were made other than technology is bad and look what happens in the future although we don't really see much other than a smell machine you know <laughs> In a Fitbit. All right. Well, well, Cardigan's wife is like getting this job and like creating this chemical that is distilled from VR. We kind of get a chance to go to where Cardigan works. Can you do you know where he works? Do you understand where he works? Well, again, I it at first actually I got through most of the first episode thinking that they were police officers and that was just a futuristic um, police department, which I should say was clearly shot in Toronto because I can I can just spot where it is downtown where they've shot this uh well, not, shot at the hockey hall of fame yeah it's right across right so um my thought was that they were some sort of police officers and then as episode two came along i was like and they're also not they're not the military either so i, I actually don't know what they are but they sort of have an office where uh some sort of 1940s did, uh, uh secretary works um who seemed to be in a different show entirely the, the blonde woman um she just sort of she was like i got gumption she's, ah. she's the resident hacker she was doing all the hacking yeah, but there's there's like four different hackers in the show. Anyways, <laughs> get to that later. But yes, uh, you you would probably know more than me. I, I didn't understand. I I thought they were police officers the whole time. That on, that only every crime is tech related now. No, no, they work at Cosmo Security for Shatner's character Boscom. That is that is what's happening there. They and, and so his name is Boscom. Com. Com. <laughs> I didn't. Mean that. It it just it reminds me more of uh, Bosco, the old. Uh, it was a Seinfeld joke with chocolate. The chocolate, uh, chocolate sauce, Bosco. Anyway, um, Mar Marty Dollar right off the pot. I said his he looks like he got his suits from the Cork collection. 
It's like he got it from uh, like leftover Deep Space Nine outfits. It's just a bad jacket. Also, I don't know if we could talk about, but the music is so bad in this show. It's distractingly bad. Like it's it's like stock porn music. It's it's just really and 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 it blares out constantly as if to give you an emotion that it's not the show's not sure what you're supposed to feel. It's just here's terrible music to change scenes. It's really really bad and dates it really badly too. I like I like that the plot could not stick in your head, but that music. Well, that well, that's the problem with a lot of the show is that some of the elements are so bad that I I get distracted from the actual things of like what is happening, where are they, who are they. All right, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna make this long story short. I guess since you weren't paying attention to the plot at all. No, you can keep going. Sid and Jake track down the client of the prostitute. He's gone missing. They figure out he worked for uh, for Marty Dollar. Now Jake's really like freaking out that his girlfriend's working there now. They start digging in further and they're, they know he's up to no good. Of course, this all comes to a head while he's launching his super music machine. Oh, well, that's, that's the part that's kind of funny in terms of the plot is that you know from the beginning that this guy's a bad guy because they just, you know, they, they show that the whole way. You just know because otherwise there's no plot to the episode. But I like that the night that he's releasing his super music machine, they also have to do tests in their secret lab downstairs. And I thought, you couldn't do these tests at any other time. It just seemed incredibly convenient for them to be doing one. Because, you know, they had that guy and they were, like, injecting him when he, with music or something downstairs. And I thought, just guys, like, shouldn't you just be, like, pouring champagne and stuff upstairs? Yeah, they're, te- they're testing how the super music machine works, which the hot to the whole plot point is they need her to synthesize right. the thing because somehow when he launches the super music machine, which is just title, like it's just iTunes, it's a music subscription service that's yeah. going to go live. That music subscription service is also going to pump this tech chemical into all the users. And so, yes, they're throwing a party while they're testing the device downstairs. Did you catch what that guy's music choice, music of choice was? Yes, it was uh, Metal Country. Yes, Metal Country was yeah. his choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was weird because it just seemed like I didn't know if that was supposed to be like a genre in the future or if it was just the person who wrote that just had a vague knowledge of music and was like, those are two words I've heard of before. I think it was a, this is a future music. Although whatever music they actually played underneath that was neither country nor metal. No, that's true. Although I would like to hear what actual metal country would sound like. It's it's out there somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, I should point out that his wife and or girlfriend, whoever she is, at, the, at you know, when obviously at that point where she discovers the... Um, discovers the plot she's like oh i should have known and i was like but you didn't give any second thought to that before you took the job and did all this stuff you you know all the biology and uh, chemistry behind what you're doing and only until after uh your husband comes by and goes he's a bad guy she goes oh i should have known what i was doing was terrible well she's, I mean, she's clearly not that smart she was offered a guy a guy offered her a job and she quit whatever she was doing beforehand to go do it almost immediately yeah, being a science and a scientist in the future is not a well-paying job because you'll take a job from um, the shopping network over overdoing your research apparently also does it make sense that uh, uh, Marty Dollar is trying to infect the whole world at the same time when he's known for giving tons of money to fight tech addiction doesn't that seem counterintuitive to what he's doing that's oh, just that's, that's just not he's just trying to that's just his cover that's his smoke screen he's trying to get everyone addicted to to it so he they have to buy his music subscription service yeah but but they were saying he's a philanthropist it's true he did cure leukemia yeah they, they mentioned that right they so it's did like, so that. so the 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 point being he cured leukemia as a way 
so that he could keep get people on his music service? Because that's a long way to go. I mean, I mean, I guess the ends justify the means when you've when you've cured the world of leukemia. Yeah, he just couldn't he couldn't make any money off leukemia, but right drug addiction he could. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure they're onto him for some reason. They break into his lab during the launch of this event. They discover the whole plan, and then they basically like try to arrest him they're not police but they're definitely trying to arrest him at his at his party well before that just jumping back a little bit i should mention there's one part with william shatner which is so hilarious but they have the scene where cardigan strategies pretend he's drunk right so yes. that he can get into the lab and he has to pretend he's drunk and then they have a scene where he gets in a fight with william shatner's character who takes him down in one punch and it just felt like shatner was like i'll get in a fight but i gotta be the best fight around so you as an audience are supposed to this guy who's got a sh- body like a raccoon is what he, he looks like. Like he's just this doughy guy. It just can knock people down in one punch because he's Shatner. Um, I know it was part of uh, Cardigan's plan, but it just was like, guys, this is this looks bad. Shatner's not knocking anyone down. Uh, yeah, actually, it's really weird for the pilot. Very little Shatner in this pilot. Very little. You I think, actually didn't think he was going to show up for a while. You'd think they'd want to lay into him in the pilot of the scene. But I guess uh, at this point, I guess if there's been four TV movies, people are really into it. Another cool technology, which is second to the smellometer, um, or whatever it was called, is uh, uh, his partner gets to use like a face. Uh, the morph mask. The morph mask. That was pretty good, actually. I thought that was good. There's some good technology. I I, I wrote a bunch of it down. There's some, there's some fun what do you think of the uh the wave gun i didn't understand oh yeah because they have actual bullets so it's like a wave gun i mean i guess it's good if you had like police or whatever they are what non-lethal weapons but it still seems pretty powerful if it cannot glass off if you shot someone with that you'd probably injure some internal organs well there's bullet guns there's some sort of dart gun at the beginning that's true yeah and then he has some sort of like force wave gun it's like shooting yeah i don't know what like sound waves or something sound wave uh, yeah, it's really weird. I don't know what is going on with that, but that is it does seem to be his weapon of choice. Maybe it's just non-lethal. Oh, uh, and the thing with with uh, Marty, I actually thought when I was watching it, and maybe this is just looking at things from a, a, a more modern perspective, I actually thought Marty was going to be the villain through the course of the season, and it was and it was going to take them longer to kind of prove that he was a bad guy. I didn't realize they were just going to wrap it up, um, and then also bring a guy who may or may not be like an, a Klingon with his forehead ironed who just shows up and looks weird. Was he supposed to be an alien? Do you know him talking about that guy? Yeah, who's like that, a, that's the, that's the, that was really weird. Uh, is he an alien? No, he's the police. Oh, he's the police. Yes. Uh, Lieutenant, but why does he look so weird? <laughs> they call him Lieutenant and he's apparently the police, but yes, he talks weird. He acts like a robot and he's got a facial implant. I, oh, he has a facial implant. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on there. I assume we'll get into it at some point. Well, but, but he doesn't show up in episode two. So I was just like, I guess that guy's done. They just brought a weird looking guy who looks at, he just looked weird. And then that was it. No, that was, that was definitely the police. Cause Marty Dollard called the police to like bring them in to help solve the crime of the dead prostitute to prove he wasn't guilty. Um, but it was unclear. He was making some sort of corporate arrest or something. Right. Or I, or was it implying that he has the sort of police in his pocket? I think, I think that's the implication really. The right. only people he doesn't have in his pocket are, cosmo security so do you think marty's going to make another appearance later in the show i hope so i had the same thought you hope so i thought he was going to be the overall bat he was so good he was so good the acting was i mean not that they had a lot to work with but he was probably the the standout actor i thought yeah he did good i like jake i like jake cardigan did you i didn't like jake got a lot going for jake cardigan reminded me of someone who thinks he's cool by like he was cool like mitch buchanan and baywatch was cool 
like not very cool. Like he just looks like he thinks he's cool. Like, oh, I'm wearing a leather jacket. My hair's all quaffed. It's like, you're not look cool at all, man. <laughs> he, he, he did it for me. He was did great. He, he did it for you. It was great. All right, let's get, let's get back to this climax here. So they uncover his plan to drug all of society with some sort of music device subscription service. Doesn't make any sense. And they're going to take him down, but somehow he's captured Cardigan's girlfriend, even though we just saw her. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And they're going to, and he's going to kill her by driving a like a car over top of her. A car over a car from the '60s for some reason. Yeah, it was clearly whatever they had around on the lot. Um, there's a lot of clearly it was what was around us at the time because in the second episode, and we'll talk about that more after, of course. But um, there's a scene where they go, uh, and like talk to some sort of like scavenger pawn shop guy and it clearly is just the back studio where they're keeping all their gear that and it's, it's just there's a lot of that in the car I, the car i felt like that i mean i don't think this is a show where um there's sort of sort of weird future where people are driving old cars or or old technology or stuff i think it was just like i don't know we have a car around wouldn't it be cool if it, it drove over her? it was remote controlled that car though that was the future it was remote remote control that, remote that's control. true um but the big the big the big twist is Earlier in the episode, the girlfriend kicked her shoes off. Yeah. And when he looks down, her shoes are on. Uh, she's just a hologram. So he yeah. doesn't do anything to save her. Yeah, I like that. He was just like, I'm not saving it. Which, to be fair, it is a hologram, right? Yeah, he figured it out. He figured out the big plot. And the question with holograms, though, if they're so realistic, but if they were so realistic, shouldn't they have had her like actually die when they ran over her as opposed to disappear? Like, shouldn't the person who programmed that thing also programmed like the horrible death of the body, you know, to really sell it to the person they're trying to fool? That's good. You should write for this show. You should write for the Tech Wars reboot. Yeah, it's in my fan fiction. Um, and that all just leads into Jay Cardigan fighting him in the ultimate climax of the show in the fog fight. For some reason, a fog machine gets turned on. The entire place gets fogged out and they have like a great, awful fist fight. Well, it's fog. trying to have that sort of um, it's now it's a match because Cardigan's such a man's man. And, you know, he, the other guy couldn't be in a real fight with him. But now the the odds are uh, they're evened out a little bit because there's smoke, a little bit of smoke around. It's know. a great fight. He like wheels the stage light at him. He yeah. Just sort of pushes it again. Gently in his again. Way. Just seem like like stuff they have on set. Uh, yeah. Great fight. I love the fog fight. And it kind of just wraps up with him getting hit by the car and then. I guess making arrest, it's not clear what happens to anyone at the end of the episode. Well, again, I guess. And what did you say they were again? What is the organization? Cosmo Security. Okay, so do you think Cosmo Security can arrest people? It does not appear that way. Okay. So they're just they're just security guards. <laughs> it's very weird. It's very weird. But they, they defeat the bad guy. Yeah. And they're like, well, there he is. We got him. And I'm like, the job well what done. happens now. Yeah. There, I mean, there's an overall... Um, issue with not caring um, through the whole episode just as just as a normal tv viewer there doesn't there wasn't a real arc to things and it was just like well, why do i care which i think is is going to be pretty indicative of of the show as a whole of these sort of standalone episodes where you don't really care there's no there's no real stakes nothing is going to change ever you know yeah i mean definitely everything goes back to the way it was by the end of the episode which let's get in to episode two then they were hopelessly outnumbered and outgunned, and nobody questioned the order. By the time I got there, the assault had begun. I never saw so many die so fast. It was wholesale execution. 
I, for all the stuff that's going on in episode one that I was trying to follow along, I, nothing happened in episode two. Yeah, I actually weirdly liked the first episode better than I liked the second episode. Um, even though I think on paper, uh, episode two looked like it was a better sh- I thought it was a, a interesting plot, but they just, it was like everything just didn't work from, sad to say, the actress they chose to just the plot that makes, there's so many plot holes, it doesn't make sense at all. And like, you can, you just see everything from moment one, how it's going to go. I really, I wrote a note right off the bat um, that, well, I guess she's going to die at the end of the episode. <laughs> like I just, as soon as she was introduced, it's like, well, that character is not going to be a character. Oh, why don't we go through a couple things I noticed right off the bat. In the um, opening at the uh, old time, or at the tobacco, the backo shop, I believe they call it backo. The first thing I said was nicotine is outlawed. That's a weird thing in the world, but for some reason, I don't know if nic- was nicotine outlawed. Or was it was just like no, they mentioned cigarettes. It. No, they me- they mentioned nicotine itself is is outlawed. Again, they're like, oh, you're smoking. Like what a rebel. Well, and he like was buying a vintage cigarette. I don't think that's how cigarettes work. I don't think there's vintage cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know if they age well. He gets in a fight at the vintage cigarette place. A bunch of guys dressed as pirates with joy buzzers on their hands. Yeah, I wrote I wrote um, a group of dandies is how I describe them. They I, they were wearing my memory now is they were wearing like some sort of cravat, and they didn't they did not seem like street toughs at all. Um, and this totally unrelated scene to the rest of the episode basically gets Cardigan to meet a former soldier from the Brazilian Wars. Yeah, that was weird. They, they they keep mentioning the Brazilian Wars, but it wasn't clear. Was this a war that happened like a like Brazilian Civil War? Was this something that no, the United States was involved uh, in? Shatner was in it. it clearly, Americans yeah, but it still, were involved it, in it. They're involved in it, but it still could be a civil war. You know what I mean? It, it did. Sa- no, it sounded much more like there was American soldiers in Brazil. But she's a former soldier from there. She looks younger than she should because I guess she should be as old as Shatner, but she had a as it was referred to, a butte job. Yeah. Uh, which is some sort of plastic surgery. And, and I thought I thought right from the beginning, I should say, there's no mention of his wife and or girlfriend in the second episode at all. And he's clearly, I felt, clearly hitting on her in the beginning. And I was like, is his wife okay with this? But then, because she's not even in the episode. But then I guess it's not. That's just his quote-unquote charming way is to kind of be this kind of creepy guy who I felt like was hitting on her right off the bat. Yeah, I think, I think he's just uh, real friendly to everybody. Real friendly guy. He's a rogue. A real friendly guy. He uh feels he, he feels something for her. I think it's closer to like helping, but because his brother died right in the war. Also, there's a point where when they're having the conversation and she sees a scar and he reaches over and starts touching her scar, which I thought was really weird of him. And I was like, who's who just reaches over and goes, Oh, you got a scar? Let me touch it. I think you always ask before you touch someone's scar. I totally missed that. That's amazing. And all it and that and that took place in like a uh, what looked like a futuristic nineteen fifties diner. Yeah, there's a they go to that fifties diner a couple times in this episode. Yeah. Um, did you notice though? He talks about his dead brother who also died in the Brazilian War. Yeah. And he mentions he named his son. I did mention after his brother. I'm just like, I can't even tell if you have a girlfriend or a wife. But there there yeah. was no son in that first episode. Yeah, I think I think I think um they probably wrote a bunch of these just different people wrote them without really consulting each other because i th- i'm i'm pretty sure the way it was intended was the first episode he's married this episode he's not married but he has a son but which it doesn't really matter because we don't ever see him so it was a weird thing to even mention it was it was very strange he gets her job at cosmo yeah because she gets uh, what i wrote was she gets recruited like will smith got recruited in men in black you're pretty good and they just bring him in i'm like this is the training process for bringing the person in and then she had to go through that special effects thing where she was she showed how good she could shoot 
guys in costumes and stuff. And that that's that uh, that training sequence uh, seemed to last an eternity. That was a, a long training sequence. Yeah. That is only it finally ends. There apparently was supposed to be more, but they say, "Oh, you're too good to do any more training." Yeah, but but the implication that they have is that because of the war, these um uh, these veterans don't really have many opportunities. Yeah. And so she that's why she's jumping at jumping at the uh the chance to do it because I guess she can't get a job like a, because a she has vet. she has the stain of yeah. the of the Brazil War of on the her. Brazilian War. At, well, and she was the Battle of San Marco. They keep talking. That's about. right. Although he kept pronouncing it Sal Marco. Carter kept pronouncing it like Sal Marco. I couldn't tell what it was supposed to be. It's his Brazilian accent. However, once she's recruited, you quickly get a cutaway to realize she's some sort of sleeper agent who's being like controlled by an old general to kill people who are responsible for the Battle of San Marco. <laughs> Just this like... You're right. It's, it's, a he, born she, identity kind of... Yeah. That she... Well, that, that's the thing. thing is, she knew she had to keep assassinating people. So why did she even bother taking the job? She just thought they would never call her again? That was, clearly was still happening. No, I don't know. She just wanted a job. She just she just wanted. She's like, I just want to be a normal person and, and stalk tech crime. Which, by the way, they don't do once in this episode. No, it turns out like that's the only thing that relates back to the start of the episode is they're trying to find those joy buzzers that like they're what do they call them? A lot of concealable shockers, which is the only point where they, which is where the two plots dovetail because you find out oh the person who's making them is also the general who's controlling her right. to do these right. assassinations. So he's apparently a general who also runs a large corporate military like industrial complex and she also has a brother who may have some sort of i don't know how to say this might have some sort of i don't think it was her brother wasn't it no. i thought it was her brother well he has some sort of mental deficiency they meet another, because they the meet war. another soldier who and, and he should have been played by henry thomas you know henry henry thomas no. he played elliot and et yeah that that's who should have played the part but i guess he wasn't he wasn't available <laughs> Anyways, I, I watched. I was like, "That's who should be playing this part," because he kind of looked like him, except he was like he was like Henry Thomas's stand-in. Well, yeah, I mean, he is. What's revealed is that she's some sort of like black, like black ops project who was like built from the ground up to be a soldier. Right. Like her whole body is metal, and he's the same thing. That also didn't quite make sense because later on they say at one point that you find out that she has like you know she's being grafted and stuff with with metal, and they're like she's pretty much. Uh, She's pretty much invulnerable. But then I'm like, then why did that attack on San Marco go so badly? If you can't kill any of these people, that attack should have went pretty well, right? If you send invulnerable machines down there, I think you're going to win that war. They lost them all immediately. They lost them all immediately. That's the implication that they all died before they even got to the battle, right? Yeah, well, and that's why the strangely slow soldiers there is when they came back, they had to, like, deprogram them, and all that was apparently was lobotomizing them. Also, I love that they shot every time they did, they did the scene where they went to see Matthew. It was shot at the windiest time of the year that the audio is bad and everything is just blowing like crazy. And it's just like, like oh, well, we're, we're just shooting out here outside. Sorry. It just it looks terrible. It sounds terrible. And poor Matthew should have been Henry Thomas. Well, I like that Matthew, the only job for a veteran from this war is he picks up leaves. Yeah, he's, yeah, His he's, job is to hand pick up leaves. hand pick leaves for some reason in the future they they've figured out a smellogram thing that can like detect people's perfume and see if they uh caused a crime but they can't uh figure out anything to pick up leaves that's why she wants that job at cosmo it's better than picking it's a better leaves. job yeah yeah oh another plot point so shatner uh what's his name cosmo what's his name boscom boscom he uh he knows who she is as it's revealed in the end that she's a soldier but he has no problem bringing her into the organization and not only that promoting her did that not, it didn't make sense, right? I, I couldn't tell if he knew her, her specific, like he seemed to know of the massacre, 
because he has a great line reading there uh where he does a real shatner line reading and like takes a long pause yeah. and says wholesale execution <laughs> um yeah. but I, I i don't think he actually had much idea of like what she what like he just knew she was a soldier i think and then like the general who she's being controlled by immediately tells her to kill Shatner. Right. And uh, by the way, when she tries to kill him, what is her, her, like, so he goes, you have to kill Shatner. And instead of, she's in the organization, you think they could have just waited till like they're having a coffee or something and kill him. She immediately pulls out a gun and just starts walking towards him. I'm like, this is the worst strategy for, for an assassination ever. Yeah. It seemed like before she was making plans, but uh, yeah, she just kind of like, as if being controlled by hypnosis. Yeah. She attacked him. She got boned on that force field too, huh? She didn't know about the technology that you can't that immediately they just can put force fields around people, which, by the way, would be very useful later on. I'm sure they're I'm sure they'll they'll have that as a plot point later on that you can just put force fields around people at any time. They just can't come at Shatner's own house like it's just right. not possible. <laughs> right. It's not possible. Anyway, she's after she fails to kill Shatner, the government like scoops her up because they know she's some sort of rogue entity. She gets put in some sort of laser jail. Yeah. Well, that was actually I, that was one of the few parts I liked. I like that she broke out of jail by attacking the worst nurse of all time who doesn't seem to care that she's this like super soldier from the future he just walks in with a big needle being like i'm gonna give you a needle now like clearly she's gonna use that against you then she uses the laser to bounce off the metal inside of her arm to destroy the laser machine i thought that was pretty good that was pretty good she she does burn a hole in her own flesh with the laser jail cell to reflect the laser off the metal in her bones yeah. To destroy her own cell. It is a fault of the laser uh, the laser cell. I mean, how many people have metal in their bones, though? That's true. It's uh, one in a Well, one in a actually, all of, the, all of those super soldiers. Oh, they're all dead, though. That's true. Because they're I, not that invulnerable. She gets out, but not before Cardigan, like, explains her entire plot to her. Like, that she's being used by this, by this like, general to, like, kill the competition, too. Like, that's it. He's, she's not avenging anyone. This general's using her to kill his corporate competition. I yeah, think I d- that's the plot. It didn't quite make sense. But also then, uh, and how did, how did Cardigan, he found her by going to that minority report girl, right? Who was like the second hacker in the episode. And she oh, was like yeah, going, they to go how they were showing hackers. the technology was her. She was like, like swimming through technology and she was eating chocolate bars for some reason. That was her character. She likes chocolate bars. Yeah, that was that was really weird. I forgot they went to that other hacker. Yeah, that's how he found her or something. That, the, yeah. It was the only reason to show like their cool special effects that looked really bad. Yeah, I guess that's how they un- that's how they unraveled the whole thing is by going to hackers to do that. And like, hit a terrible line. He wanted to he had to use hackers outside of the company because we don't want her to know that we're peeking up her skirt. Referring to the oh, like, that's right, I remember that. Yeah. Referring to the military or the like military cover up woman who came to the office. Yeah, so weird. And also, are we supposed to feel bad about these military people? Like, I guess that was the point is that they're evil, but they don't. You don't see them do anything that's evil. I mean, if anything, uh. Old Shatner is the one who uh, uh, financed this thing. He's they're they're the ones who we should be hating. I, I don't think the military did anything. No, yeah, I, they were trying to stop that whole the whole Brazil riot. It, an it was just like a weird. There was a weird anti-government sentiment to like this got these government officials who showed up to like try to clean up the mess. I, I'm not, I wasn't sure why we were against the government. Also, um, she didn't. It didn't take much to turn her for uh, you know a programmed assassin. All they had to do was Cardigan was like. Hey, uh, he's lying to you. He's lying to you, and she was like, "What?" And that was it. And I'm like, "Oh, if someone had just said that earlier to her, we could have, we could have uh, just covered up this whole mess and just, we just, you know." You, it really just required someone to have her think about what she was doing critically for two seconds. Yeah, 
And a couple uh, still side notes. Uh, Dan Hedaya should be playing the general. <laughs> I just was seeing other. I don't know if you remember who Dan Hedaya is. If you I, look I, him up. Anyways, he should be playing the general. And uh, there was one part that I really, really liked. Maybe my favorite part of the episode was uh, when she first gets a job and she has credits and she has money now. And she thinks she's out. Like, you know, she's like, I'm finally out. I'm going to. And she goes to go eat at this, that 1950s uh, restaurant. And it has that great thing that they have in a lot of science fiction shows, which is, what do you do with food in the future? And she seems to be eating a, a bowl of vegetables and then what looks like a wasp's nest. And that's her meal. And she's so excited about eating it. And then the general's like, it's time to assassinate someone else. And she seems so disappointed because she just she just wanted to eat that weird futuristic food. And that was, that was probably my, that was the high point of the show for me was, was her eating those bowl of vegetables, which says a lot for the episode. No, that's fair. I, what was interesting is when she got that job, they're like, you're gonna make 25 credits a day. And if you think back to the first episode, that dress that they bought was worth 1,200 credits. Like, right. I, I don't understand. Like, if you're making, like, it seems like the economy of this world is like totally out of whack. Yeah, that, well, what it is is they didn't think about it. That's fair. Also unrelated, did you notice that the cars don't have back seats? <laughs> They're just Jeeps. They're like weird Jeeps. They're weird Jeeps that they, they flow through these tubes that have advertisements, but they don't have back seats. So I was like, I guess that's good. But what if you have a family? Where are you going to put them? Anyway, I guess that gets us to the end where Cardigan drives his backseatless Jeep all the way to the like general's weird house mansion where the she super ki- She kicks her way in. Kicks her way mm-hmm. in and kills everyone. Also, they, they she again, she's not a very good assassin. They, they shoot her like a million times and she seems fine until the end of the episode where I was like, she's dying now? She got shot a bunch of times and she was only a little bit hurt. I guess it was residual injuries. Yeah, I, I they just said one of those bullets was just going to have to kill her, I guess. And like, so she kills a general and she dies and Cardigan feels really badly and like lifts her up and then walks her into a crowd of like journalists. That was great. I like that he was like, you guys aren't going to stop. I guess the point is you're not going to stop the reporters from seeing her dead body but has that ever happened in the history like who decides if someone died i'm gonna now walk them and show the reporters the dead body I'm like oh you're gross and you have nothing to do with this cardigan it was very, getting involved it was another weird thing where i'm just like i don't understand how cosmo like they can't arrest anyone like they this is way outside of their jurisdiction um there was also one weird thing i don't know if you caught it um his partner who by the way is does not get he's really getting shafted in this show he doesn't get any almost any dialogue but at one point uh him and cardigan do this weird not a high five but they they just lock their two fingers i did see that they like slap their wasn't that weird they do that he does that with the receptionist at some point too i I, now i wish there was more stuff like that where i was like apparently in the future we've gone from like high fives to fist pumps to weird like little finger handshakes now you know what was the biggest missed opportunity in the episode though like the super shoulder was set up as being at the battle that his brother died at yeah that she's had extensive reconstructive surgery yeah i thought for sure that was going to be his brother oh did you really i thought 100 no there was no way in 1994 that was was his brother no i i i i just was sure she was going to die from the beginning that would actually be it would have been interesting they kept they kept teasing it they're like there was all i i like at some point when she was being like introduced to like cosmo and the like computers reading off her stats like they make a very specific point of saying gender female and i'm like oh, oh this you, is all you're giving way too much credit to, to the show lead to what's going to be his brother eventually we're going to find out his brother's still alive he's been recreated she also sucked as a recruit they kept talking about how good she was like she sucked and even that one day she's like i learned a lot i'm like what did you learn today well she only went on she went on one mission and she was not very good <laughs> and she harassed that poor guy who was just trying to sell them weapons i know and then she was like arrested almost immediately afterward like she yeah. was barely there she yeah. barely had a job and so again uh, the episode ends with nothing changing Everyone just goes back to their jobs. Yeah. 
So for the first episode, what out of 10 stars would you give the first episode of Tech War? I would say episode one, six and a half. 6.5. All right, I'm 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 going with a 7 for episode 1. Either uh it was weird, but the, I I liked I liked I liked a lot of pieces of it. Uh, I, I didn't like much of episode it. Episode 2. Episode 2 5. Oh wow, I I would go 3. It was so boring. Oh, is that much worse? So boring. I, I was bored, but it I, not so much more so than, so than the first episode. The first one gave me a lot of hope, and the second one I'm like, oh, this is really you had a lot of hope in it. I was like, I want to hear more about this Brazilian war, but all we're doing is I knew, I knew the first shot when that woman came and put that little headset on the guy. I was like, oh, this is gonna be a long slog through these episodes. This is gonna be as bad as I thought, and and it was. It was definitely as bad as I thought it was gonna be. All right, great. Maybe worse. So uh, we're pretty much agreed on the first episode, like six point five and seven. And more or less agreed on the second one. Although I'm giving it, what did I say, three? A three and a five, yeah. Three and a five. All right. Not a great start to Tech War. So thanks for listening to the first episode. Um, if for some reason you want to talk to us about Tech Wars, uh, we've got a Gmail account, continuumdrag at gmail.com, or you could like message us on Instagram or Twitter. Both those handles are continuumdrag. And uh, Jordan, is there anything else you want to say before this is over? Uh, Not for these ones. All right. Well, join us when we come back for the next two episodes of Tech War. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rexiedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright.